Hey everyone, I just wanted to take this time to let you all know some exciting news. This podcast now has a Patreon. There are so many stories that don't make it on each episode, as I like to try to keep each episode under 30 minutes. All these unreleased stories each week will be posted on the Patreon, and some week's episodes may also have an extended version, which will only be available on the Patreon. Head to the show notes below to subscribe for as little as $4.99 AUD a month, which is about 17 cents a day. That equates to about $3.18 US or $4.30 Canadian. Thanks everyone. and welcome to another week's episode. Now before we get started, if you can all head to the bottom of this podcast page and hit that five-star button, it really helps these podcasts out and it means so much to me. Today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you a few new stories. And this first story that I share has two parts. It is titled The Creepy Chronicles, Part 1. An obsessed man has been stalking me since the age of three. A little backstory before I get to the goods. When I turned 21, an older man approached me in a bar in a very small town that I was living in on the west coast. The town, although small, was very bubbly and had a great community of people. I chatted with the man who seemed very enthusiastic about meeting me and said things like, I finally found you, which was really no different than a lot of other things men would often say when trying to flirt out at a bar. I would later come to find out that what he meant by this was he had finally found me thanks to the check-in feature on Facebook after trying to track my movement somewhat successfully since I had turned 18. I would also come to find out in subsequent messages that this man had been obsessed with me after first meeting me at the age of three. Since starting college, I had moved seven times for various reasons to different locations and towns surrounding my university. Making my exact location hard to pinpoint for any length of time until I finally settled down in a small town. Although this man had seemed very eager, I did not much think of it. Since I had turned 21, I began to, f- I began to frequent bars as new pastime on the weekends. I soon realized that I would run into this man every single weekend, but then again, I saw all other regulars every weekend as well and did not find it odd until I received my first letter. I am now 24 years old and I've moved the other side of the country. However, the messages have not stopped. I would like to share all of these letters and messages, starting here with the first letter dated October 5th, 2012 which he titled, Hi, Cats for Peace. Hi, Clara. This is Gordon. We met at Bellflower's Tavern. I'm very shy, like a deer in the headlights when I see you. I hope this is not too forward, but the written word is the best way for me to communicate, and I usually go up to see music and not sure where I'll see you next. 
I looked up Clara Pugent Island and knew to look for you at the diner for a description. So here I go. Dear Clara B. Olson, I'm so taken by you that I can't eat sleep. I'm just crazy in the head for you. I know I may be older, but what is age but a number? I lost my 30s taking care of my grandmother 24-7, 365 days for the last 10 years. The last time I met someone that made me feel like you do was 14 years ago. It lasted two years, and I know what it feels like to be cheated on. I think you are the mostest, sweetest, beautiful girl I have ever met in forever and would absolutely love to know you better. And for some explained reason, I remember everything about you. Your eyes, hair, what you wore, what you said since I first met you for the first time. And you asked me 20 questions and the way you looked at me, I got this burning feeling inside. And then when you said you wanted to go play your violin for another three hours, and the fact you love jazz music so much, well, those are turn on words. Music is life. Love is everything. I like to speak through music. So if I were to put on a song for you, it would be, Why Can't I Be You? by The Cure. Then, going out of my mind and the night and day, Sergio Mendes and Brazil 66. Or, do you think I'm sexy, Rod Stewart? Feels like home, Nora Jones. There is too much to say in a short letter. I could go on forever. The first night we met, 22 of September, you gave me a hug and said that it, I felt good in a hug. And the world stopped. You said on Saturday, the 29th, that it looked real good and I nearly melted and was speechless. So much to say, so if I'm on the wrong track, please let me know and I will back off and we can just be friends. Although you can ask the university or co-op board of directors for Richard Morris, he has known me since I was born and was my mom's first husband and was the professor in anthropology at UW. You can check me out. My phone is 123-456-7899, Seattle, WA, Port Angeles. Love and music sincerely, Gordon Clark. P.S. Clara, I do not know you very well, enough to know, and I don't judge, but you are very classy, and if you are the reserved kind of girl, well, that's not a problem. Make me a reservation. I'm very loyal, sweet, gentle, loving, and kind. And unlike your last boyfriend, the blithering idiot, I do not stray or cheat. And here, you guys, is part two. Some quick updates. I received the messages he sent to my mom regarding me, and it's a gold mine. He reveals that he has been attempted to contact the FBI because he believes I'm in danger. My mom sent the messages in the screenshot, so it will take me a while to, to type them out. Here though, I will be posting the next set of messages I received from him. To provide some clarification beforehand, this set of messages will include some information where he says he met me when I was 15. In later messages, he clarifies that this was when we met again, 
sort of like our newfound opportunity at being together after he first became obsessed with me when I was three. From what I can gather, he must have been tracking my mom's movements when I was a child in order to have encounters with me until he lost track of me for a while when I moved out of my parents' house and changed my name on Facebook. I believe that's when he refers to me as meeting me again. He is talking about then, next time, he is able to locate me after changing living situations. Neither my mother nor do I know how this happened. She is horrified. P.S. The third message in this installment states that he is so heartbroken that he will have to let me go. Don't fray. It only took him exactly 24 hours and 2 minutes before he couldn't resist contacting me again. Hi, Clara. I have no idea if you read my letter to you or not, but if you did and tried texting me with a response, I don't have a cell. It's a home phone. So if you did read it and it made you uncomfortable, I apologize. Gordon. Cats for Peace 8664 Broadview is where we first met in 2006. Remember Torn Reality? And then again six years later at Belford's tavern please read dear clara i had to kind unfriend you because of feelings that i developed after talking with you about all sorts of stuff and getting to know you and your interests at bioflowers tavern when i first met you at 15 in spokane at your uncle's tom's house with my grandmother laura's aunt I totally was taken by you and hoped you were right about us, meeting again someday. And wouldn't you know, six years later we did at Bowflower's Tavern, where yes, once again, I fell very hard for you, and then put together after you changed your name on Facebook to Clara B. that triggered my memory and realized that you are the same girl, and thought that if you came back to work at the diner, that I might have a chance to go with you. You said two years is not that long, and so like an idiot, I've held on to that chance to be with you for two years. Yeah, crazy, but when we talked the rest of the world, quite went quiet, and then you said all those nice things to me, and I felt good. You said it felt good to hug you. It made me feel like the only person in the room. I sent many messages before and, well, never got an answer. So after hoping for so long and realizing you might not come back, and it looks like you have a boyfriend now, I just feel as though I have to let this crazy idea in my heart go. So please don't be mad, but this is just the way I need to handle my emotions and let you go. This was an extremely hard decision to make for me, but now I have no idea if, we're, if you're interested in me or not. So I'm feeling 100% heartbroken about this. I hope you can understand. Who knows what the future holds? You're the one who can see things in the future. Sincerely, Gordon Clark. And now I'm going to read you guys part three of this story. And before I read this part, I apologize if things aren't making 100% sense. I'm literally trying to read the story word for word. So yeah, 
it of course is not going to make a whole lot of sense sometimes um, with the people typing and whatnot. But let's get into part three. In this next set of messages, we found out the truth about how my stalker first became infatuated with me at the age of three. I pick up where I left off after part two, where this man couldn't resist contact me again, sending his next message exactly 24 hours and two minutes after telling me he was letting me go. Did I mention he believes in the clairvoyant? Clara, here is a picture of my grandmother. Do you know who the other lady is? I'm really trying here. He attached a picture of his grandmother here. I know you know. You promised. So why not reply? I like a fool. I'll still wait for you. Hope you are true. Clara, your premonition came half true. We did meet again, and I did fall for you completely again, unaware. The second time before you left, you said it's true to believe you and that you would come back to your workplace. I think you said between May to August of 15th. You said, wait for you. I've completely been loyal to this notion, even though you have not replied. I have not dated or hooked up with anyone. I feel heartbroken now and at loss. Do I just try and forget about us being together and move on? Let me know. Or do I just wait to be crushed? You need to say something, even if you don't want to be with me. It's not far to leave me hanging like this for so long. Gordon. 1994 Seattle. I was hanging with your older brother at the mall. He was babysitting you. He and I met because the bus driver left me for eight hours stranded to wait for the next bus. Your brother was skateboarding down the depot and said he could help find a cool place to hang out and the buses were free, but first he had to pick up his little sister Clara and at his mom's and his stepdad's house and then he would go. He said his sister might have mental problems because she is convinced she can see people's future, but you were only three and he said to go along with whatever fantasy you had. That day, your fantasy was that when you got older, we would meet again and get married. That I was going to be your husband and you were telling everybody at the mall and your brother had to tell people we were going along with your fantasy. Do you remember that? I have a perfect memory. Ask your brother, this is a true story. Then again, you were convinced at Uncle Tom's, then at Bellflower's Tavern. We are connected somehow by some crazy force, Clara, and I'm really, really not crazy. You know this not to be true. You have to know. Well, I guess I'll wait. Sincerely, Gordon. And here is part four. Here's the 10th letter I've received from my stalker, but not the last. I am posting this one by itself because its contents is truly disturbing. It is dated January 20th, 2015. The previous messages span from late 2012 up until late 2014. All personal information has been altered. Clara, 
Remember when you were three standing on my feet dancing with me, looking up at me, holding my hands, and saying it was the happiest day of our little life so far? I do. Do you remember sitting on the bench holding my left arm and laying on my shoulder and telling people we were getting married and your brother telling people your problem so I didn't get in trouble? I do. I'll keep telling more of the story that day later. Also, you said I would be a rock star guitar player. I have played 12 to 18 hours a day since I met you the third time. I'm becoming one of the best ever just like all guitar gods I worship. I'm so damn crazy that I love you, that I have been faithful waiting for you since you were 15 and you were your first girl I met again. The first time I had been out since my Nana passed. So I didn't go to find you yet. See you when you're ready. Love, Gordon. Already, you guys, and that was the last part of that story. I know it kind of ends abruptly like so, but that was really the only things that were posted following this story. Um, it was posted about seven years ago, and I haven't seen anything updated since then. So let's move on to the next story. And this is going to be the last story for today's episode, titled Always Read the Reviews. For background, I'm a fairly fit 22-year-old female. I work for a pretty well-known health club in the northeast west of England. I've been on a pretty simple path of self-improvement whilst working part-time and studying at university. Therefore, when my manager asked me if I wanted to do a lifeguard qualification for a poolside, I happily agreed. It was an all-expense-paid trip, so I would never have said no anyways. They paid for my travel about an hour away from where I was living, but I drove anyway, so just paid my petrol. The hotel, food, and the course, which was all paid for. The way the course was set out was pretty normal for a lifeguard course, I assume. I was there three days worth of training. Four days off, I returned back to home and to work, and then I would travel back again for three more days on the third graduating from the course and becoming a lifeguard. The first three days were amazing. I found my hotel pretty easily, and although it was a dodgy looking area, I did sleep well and the staff were nothing but helpful. I was hoping to return to the same hotel for the last three days. However, the day before I was due to return to the last three days, my manager told me that the hotel was fully booked. He quickly booked me another one, which was in the middle of the tower center. I looked the hotel up and the exterior was dodgy, but I thought it might as well give it a chance as it was only for two nights. I went to my first day of the lifeguard training as normal and one of the local girls told me that the hotel I was about to stay in had no on-site parking. She also mentioned that all the surrounding car parks were only a short stays, maximum two hours and it would be best to leave my car at the training center and she would take me to the hotel and pick me up in the morning to go to training. I thought this was very helpful, thanked her and took her up on her offer. After finishing for the day, I got into her car and she took me to the hotel. She also mentioned that she used to rent near this hotel, which was a small family-run business and not a chain. It had no room service nor kitchen and therefore pointed me to the right direction to a Sansbury's McDonald's and Subway. Perfect. Night one in the hotel. I walked into the hotel, 
The lobby seemed nice, although there was construction in all the surrounding rooms. The girl at the front desk, blonde hair and blue eyes, greeted me and began to check me in. She smiled and let me know that I had been upgraded, but she didn't know why. I didn't question it, I was just happy to be in the executive suite. She walked me to my room, which was like a maze. You needed a special key card to get to my set of rooms, the executive suites. This meant no random people could walk through the hallway near the room. I did feel quite safe. Upon entering the room, I was amazed. I've never seen something so classy. The room was massive. The left, there were stairs to the bathroom. There were stairs. There was balcony, a queen-size bed, a couch, TV, Netflix, and a table full of complimentary water, tea, and biscuits. I chilled for a bit and then suddenly realized how hungry I was and thought I should nip to the Sandsbury's before it got dark. On the way back from the shop was when all started to get weird. I returned to the hotel and got to the door which needed a special key to open the doors for the executive suites and there was a man that just stood outside, dressed in a suit. We looked at each other for a moment before I walked past and scanned the door open. I automatically regretted it. The man followed me through very closely. Now, I'm a very nervous person. I panic at everything. It drives people crazy. And of course, I panicked at this. I thought, better safe than sorry, and I literally ran to my room. Maybe I looked like a crazy person. However, I turned my head slightly to see that the man had actually kept up with me very well. I started to weep opened the door, threw myself in, and then slammed the door closed. The weirdest bit was that the man actually looked as though he was about to walk into the room. Now, you're probably thinking, why didn't you call the front desk? And the truth is, I don't know. Maybe I should have, but with how the story progresses, I know it had to be the right thing to do by not calling the front desk. I'll explain, don't worry. I eventually calmed myself down and thought about running myself a bath before Love Island started at 9 p.m. I ran the bath, stripped naked, and sat on the toilet to wee. Graphic, but relevant. I left the bathroom door wide open because I was in a nice hotel room and why not? I had a very clear view of the front door. As I stood up and flush, I heard a noise, like those sounds of the front door opening. I look up to see that it has opened. I ran to the bathroom door and slammed it shut and locked it. I sank to the floor and cried. I turned the bath off so I could listen closely to the room outside the door, but heard nothing. I messaged my friend, who lived so far that even if something did happen, she wouldn't have been able to do anything about it. I don't even know why, I just thought there was no way this was actually happening, and if I called the police, I would just be laughed at. I sat on the floor for half an hour till my friend convinced me that it was all in my head and to go and check. I let her know my hotel name and my room number just in case and told her if I didn't reply in five minutes, no matter what, to call the police for me. She agreed and I left the bathroom. All looks normal. I checked under the bed, the balcony, 
the wardrobe, and everything seemed fine. No mass murderers. Although I tried locking the front door with the manual lock, there are normally on hotel doors, but I found that there wasn't one there. This freaked me out a bit, but I laughed at myself. I decided to just grab one of the two free waters down it and watch Love Island until I fall asleep. When I woke up the next day, I got ready really quickly because I overslept. I grabbed the last bottle of water off the desk and ran to meet the girl who was picking me up for training. I forgot all about the night's events. The last night at the hotel. Now, here's where shit gets weirder. I come back relatively early to revise for the assessment the next day. It was about 30 degrees outside and the hotel room was unair conditioned. So I stripped down to my underwear. I noticed that none of the complimentary waters had been restocked, so I assumed it was maybe just a one-off. I revised for maybe 30 minutes, but the heat made me very sleepy. I don't even remember falling asleep, but I do remember the sound of the door next to me slam shut. This was the front door. I felt groggy and didn't open my eyes straight away. When I did, it took my eyes a few seconds to adjust. I brushed it off quickly until I sat up straight, my eyes focused on the table ahead, which was now full of complimentary water. It definitely was not there before. Next to me, in bed, a random sock, a black ankle sock that was not mine, one of my socks that I had put in the pair was no longer on the floor, but had gone missing altogether, like someone had taken off their own socks and put on mine. My mind automatically thought it had to be staff, and therefore I didn't complain to management. This was not a chain hotel where a creepy employee couldn't be held accountable, but a family-run business. What if I complained to the exact person that had been doing all of this? I barricaded myself in my room and barely slept that night. Upon checkout, an elderly man was at the desk who I had only ever seen in passing. He asked if I liked my room. I tried to be polite and told him yes. He told me that my manager had rang the day before I arrived and he decided to give me a quiet room to myself, which he likes to do for the younger girls. He then asked me to leave them a good review. I began to feel uneasy again, but had my lifeguard assessment that day, so I pushed it to the back of my mind. I passed with flying colors and drove home. It wasn't till I sat on my own bed that the situation hit me. Something wasn't sitting right with me. So I went to the hotel's trip advisor, something I should have done. Three separate reviews. Out of the four reviews I bothered to read before feeling too sick to continue, three contained a warning to women. Men were trying to get to, into their rooms and staff would walk in unannounced. Even when they were confronted, the staff would deny it. This is when I knew I had not made what I had happened up in my head people or a person had been coming into my room whilst I slept half naked and for who knows how long stealing my clothes it it all just sends chills down my spine just writing this now
I let my managers know who made me a complaint against the company, but so far nothing has come back. I don't know what else to do about the situation. I can attach a screenshot of the reviews if anyone is interested. Girls, women, and lone travelers always read the reviews. All right, everybody, and I will also post the reviews that this person has posted in the show notes as well. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode, and I will talk to you all in the next one. Voices Media.